This is a Media Lab podcast. Welcome to Kyle and Dave vs. the Machine. My name is Kyle. And uh, I'm Dave. And I'm the Machine. I'm Kyle Thing. This is Dave Thing. Uh, this, is a pod- <laughs> this is a podcast <laughs> where a sentient machine, much like a sentient bog man, is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. That year, for this season, happens to be 1982. And the machine still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to. Although, we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. And today, we're going to be watching that 1982 film, Swamp Thing. Shrug. Government agents. Scientists. Soldiers. Master criminals. Secret formulas. Monsters and midgets. None of them belong in this swamp. Only one thing does. The Swamp Bear. Of course, a big thank you to our patrons over on Patreon. Their contributions help us continue this show since the machine doesn't help us pay for these movies. Plus, each month we do a bonus episode over there. Now, before we get into talking about this week's film, Dave, of course, last week we were talking about Firefox. Oh, we're not going to change the order? Yeah, we're going to... Last week. Why don't we just change the order? Why don't we just change the order? Why would you review a film about an airplane... And not followed up with another film about an airplane. It makes no sense. It would make no sense. If we're going to break down, if we're going to break down the sequence of films, Mm -hmm. uh, none of it (laughs) makes sense. There is no overarching. There's no overarching. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm pretty sure there is. It would make make about as much sense as a person, as a scientist developing an elixir, Mm -hmm. catching on fire, falling into the swamps of the bayou. And uh, sorry, the source of the what of the bayou, and then <laughs> we just know, got canceled. Being created as like this muskeggy swamp creature thing. Muskeggy. Oh, do you know what muskeg is? Maybe I grew up on a farm and I just know what this is. No, it's basically Alberta's form of swamp. Gross. That's what you call it? We know. We yes. know that yes. we've been hitchhiking, and now we are at this abandoned cabin in the woods. So, what have you been doing to make this a nicer place? I, I to mean, live why in? wouldn't we just keep it in order? This is so confusing. Uh, I'm in an abandoned cabin in the woods. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, what was your question? What have I been doing to keep things? I have been uh, trying to dehumidify this place, but mm-hmm. there's just too much moisture. There's just too, too much. much moisture. Just it's too just, much. I'm, I'm slick. I take a shower, I'm slick, I towel off. I'm, it's just, I'm just wet all the time, and, and I just don't, don't like it. I don't need to know about your wetness. It's just, so wet. I'm sure this will, you know, lie advance is a good into something one. very creepy. Freudian a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Into our lie. Yeah, good. After all this time, I can't believe how bad each of you are at yes ending. We need to do some history of things, or maybe some of our backstory on a few things. Uh, I want to know about your history with Swamp Thing, like just Nothing. the character. Is there any, did you read comics? Did you ever watch any of the TV shows or anything? No. Yeah. Yeah. But you I love life. it, right? Like you knew yeah. of the character. Um, maybe. I mean... 
you know, the idea of the name Swamp Thing might sound familiar, but I, I don't care. Have I mm-hmm. offended your nerdiness? You have some nerdy no, friends. No, it just is the complete difference of our personalities because when I saw the Swamp Thing comic books, I, I will be upfront, I've never read a single Swamp Thing comic book. I okay. knew of the character. Okay. But I was a pretentious Marvel fanboy, so I was like, DC, not interested. Mm, I want my thing to be a man. That's what you're, you're <laughs> I like, a I man want a man thing. thing. Actually. No, I didn't even read those ones. I, I have to say, I was just um, probably too scared as a teenager to read them. I don't know. There was as something about it okay. that just like creeped me out about the <laughs> look of Swamp Thing. melting face of plants it's yeah, disgusting I, I, I don't know maybe I'm, this is probably me like rationalizing it as a almost 40 year old man but like my person was spider-man of course right of course. but it's like you peter yeah. parker nerdy young man you know i identify i guess wife. more with him yeah muscles living in manhattan then like a monster creature living in of course as i said the bay oh god uh, I'm going to do that 17 please, more times. Please, please do, but <laughs> it won't get better. But you know, like, I don't know, there just wasn't something there that was like grabbing hold Connecting of me. You. But that, that's okay. also true for Marvel. I mean, I've heard so many people say like, oh, I grew up and love the Fantastic Four. And I was like, that's too science fiction-y for me. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four. I like Spider-Man and his like You don't like, want a little... stretchy man married to someone who's invisible. Right. <laughs> Talk about my marriage, Dave. Wow. Waka waka. The Human Torch, was that their son? No, right? No, that's their that's her friend. brother. Her brother. And then mm-hmm. Thing is... Actually, no. I'm, her I'm a liar. Ben, uh, the, the Thing, the Thing is her brother. Okay. And, and Johnny... Johnny Storm, I think, is just a friend. Just I don't a think guy. they're even related. He's like, hey. He doesn't mm-hmm. even seem like a scientist. You know? I know he'd become Captain America later, but... Well, that's our comic <laughs> lore for this episode. I, I went Jessica Alba, Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, and you got offended. I love it. I love it. <laughs> there has never been a good Fantastic Four movie. And there never will be, because they're actually a stupid, stupid 2024 team of begs to differ, Dave, as it enters into the MCU. So, we, we shall see. People are so excited about uh, Jim from The Office, but uh, it's not going to work. Think he's gonna, I don't think he's going to be... Him, not, to be honest. I think that was work. just a little fan service thing. This is getting into the weeds too much. You mean MCU designs all of their content around fan service? Wow. You don't say. You don't say. <sighs> Amazing. It's not about storytelling and craft. Dave, I, I don't know if you heard this or not. Like you watched The Gray Man on Netflix, right? I did. Yeah. You somehow gave that a passing review and I, I don't did. understand. Yeah, I did it was you watch terrible. it? Or? Oh God, yeah. I thought yeah. it was terrible. It's fun. They just blow shit uh, up. It's not. It's great. Shoot each other in the face. Chris Evans is terrible in it, but uh, you know. Well, I'm going to completely forget exactly how they phrase this. But during an interview for for the Gray Man, the Russo brothers commented on the fact that they were making business-related content. That is how they termed the Gray Man. Is that they were making a film? That's what they get to do after this. They make business-related content to get money so that they can go and fund films for other creators so confused okay so wait are they saying they made this to become producers or they made this in exchange for their actual passion project which is which is upcoming the second one is basically what they do like this is just a business decision plunked away at their computer and it was Mm. like ryan gosling chris evans gray man question mark and then they made a movie out of it i think i'm a sucker for anna darmus 
I gotta be honest with you. If she yeah. just appears in something, I'm gonna give it a passing grade. Oh, she's good. I can't wait for her Marilyn Monroe biopic that I'm very interested in. She needs to just do a spy movie, you know? They just, yeah, I agree. Just commit that to it. Good. She's so good at all of that stuff. Anyway, well, this sounds like a diversion, but what I'm bringing, what I'm bringing yeah. this up, what I'm bringing it up as is like that is basically the Marvel engine. Is like it's just business related content and not really passion projects for making good films. Oh, the MC. Okay, not the comic book company. All right. Anyways, how about Wes Craven? Because he is the director of this said movie we're going to be watching today. Yeah, I know of him. Did he? He did Scream, right? So I watched he Scream. Did the, the first four. Yeah. And then, uh, what else? Is he Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. Okay. So those so are going to be, the, that's gonna be the two big ones. This is, um, this is falling in a really interesting point in his career, I think, because this is right before he makes Nightmare on Elm Street, which comes out in 84. Mm-hmm. So like, this is the movie he makes. And then after this, he this follows how I know up. I'm hanging out with you too much. Why would I know that Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984? I don't I just, know. I feel, I feel dirty now. But I just brought it up. So, like, he debuts 1972, Last House on the Left, 1977, The Hills Have Eyes, right? Two kind of pretty big horror films and, like, the history of the form, whether you like them or not, but they're kind of important entries. The Hills Have Eyes, like, a film about a landscape and then these eyes open up. And then for like an hour and a no, half, we're just watching them No, it's much more gruesome and gross, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. It's really, really... It's like hillbilly uh, zombies. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Um, the important thing about both of those movies, whether you like them or not, they made money. Like, they made a lot of money, <laughs> those two movies, which is why he was able to continue making it. Right before this, he makes this movie that I've actually never even heard of called Deadly Blessing, but uh, was a very modest success. Like... It was his biggest budget yet with like, I just looked this up this morning, like $3 million or something is what that movie was made for. And it made eight. So it's like a moderate, moderate hit for the studio. Swamp Thing is made for less money and Nightmare on Elm Street is made for even less money, which is, I thought was like fascinating that that first Nightmare on Elm Street is like a million dollar budget and they were able to do so many interesting, innovative things. Anyways, that's what makes his star super rise after that gets into Scream, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, I am a Scream fan. I think the first Scream... Well, it is one of my favorite movies. Like that would go onto my favorite movie list. Uh, and, the, and the sequels all have, I think, things I enjoy about them. But that first Scream, I think, is kind of a very special movie. How about Red Eye? Ever see Red Eye from 2005 with Killian Murphy? I knew. I, is it Killian or Cillian? No, it's Killian. Oh, no. I've been pronouncing it Kill Alan. I, why do I know about this movie? What is it about? Have I seen it? I did it? not make a fan site and run it for five years not to know how to pronounce his name. How the fuck do you have a fan site? I'm just kidding, Dave. I'm just... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is Red Eye again? It's him on a plane and he's like creepy. I wonder who's the girl in it. Well, he's always creepy. I mean, Rachel that's... McAdams. Rachel McAdams comes on the plane and he's acting oh, like... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I haven't watched it. I think I was just the uh, trailer because I was a big time for trailers. Uh... How about Eddie Murphy's Vampire in Brooklyn? No, I didn't ever watch that. I mean, he's had a massive impact mostly on the horror genre in his last um i don't know decade he tried he tried to branch out from horror and failed every time he tried to until he came back to the horror genre you mean the guy that made swamp thing couldn't make a normal movie huh i mean Strange. he made music of the heart which got meryl streep an oscar nomination but at meryl that point streep the academy was oscars. just throwing yeah. oscars <laughs> at her at that point didn't she get nominated for don't look up no she did not actually but she did get nominated for foster floor Jenkins, whatever that stupid no one's seen that literally no. no one has seen and no one will ever see Foster Flora Jenkins, Florence Jenkins. doesn't matter. It's a bad movie. No one should or watch the it. The Margaret Thatcher one. 
This got terrible. She did reviews. win. She yeah. won for playing Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, it's supposed to be a bad movie. I never watched it. What if conservatives had feelings? Oh. Is what that movie answers. <laughs> well i'm excited to jump into this to be brutally honest with you dave this is i don't know if i actually knew there was a swamp thing movie Mm. (laughs) until a few weeks ago uh when i was trolling on the internet so i don't uh does this movie hold any recognition for you like do you remember this being talked about no no i don't hang around that sort of uh magic playing crowd i mean who who would watch swamp thing like uh, Dungeons well, and Dragons people. This is one of those things which we'll get into with uh, like the, the backstory here. Well, I, I don't want to maybe show my hand too early about what my thoughts are. I will say the, the aftermath of this movie I think is actually pretty fascinating. <laughs> what happens I after this movie that. comes out at DC specifically. Are we watching The Thing this yes. year? Yeah. Okay. I got those two mixed up because when you told me to watch this, I was like, oh, I've heard of this movie. I have mm-hmm. not. Yeah. I was thinking of the, the other. The Thing is a far better film. Yeah, I'm just yeah, going to we'll say that there. right now. is a far better well-crafted film. Although... I, maybe this is why they're mixed up because The mm. Thing is well-known and when someone says Swamp Thing, you know, yes. you're like, oh, maybe that's the same movie or Man Thing and you're like, that's a terrible sounding porno and I don't <laughs> yeah. want to watch it. I will say there is an interesting connection between this and The Thing, which is that this stars Adrian Barbeau, who was married to John Carpenter at the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> who made The Thing. So, okay. there is a bit of a connection keep it in going your pants. on here. Keep it in your pants, movie nerd. Both of them are prequels to do the right thing. Whether I'd seen the movie or not, usually I'm fairly up to date with like adaptations and things that came out and be like, well, you know, I've never seen this movie, but I know that it came out sometime in this thing. I don't really have any history with this, although uh, like there's a sequel, there's a TV show like this did have a TV show (laughs) for three seasons, three seasons. How? Why? When? 1990 to 1992. Oh, that's I mean, I was I should know. about. You should it? know this, right? But I've never seen that TV show. Never knew it existed. Like, what was it on? It can't have been on regular oh, cable. Must have been on. I mean, we didn't even have John or cable yet. 92. It's not like we had sci-fi television or some shit. It was still major cable distributors. And then uh, it was on the USA network. I didn't know USA Network was that old. Me neither, actually. So there, there we go. Because mm-hmm. beca- didn't that become UPN or something? Like I don't know anymore. got bought out so many times and now, boy, does it not matter. Who but ca- uh, <laughs> I will say that uh, I think it was Smackdown used to air on the USA Network. Of course. Back, back of course we get a wrestling The 90s into early 2000s. Why? Is the- there a wrestler named Swamp Thing? Because that's no. a big miss. There is a wrestler called Man Thing, though. Uh, Mick Foley? Mankind? It was mankind, yeah. Uh, see, I watched some wrestling and mm-hmm. I stopped because I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. This is putting us in the right frame of mind. Let's do this, Dave. Let's pause now. Let's go thank some sponsors. And then when we return, we'll be talking a little bit more about Wes Craven's Swamp Thing. Can you ever imagine? I know this is me being super elitist, Dave, but can you ever imagine being like, oh my gosh, finally. Some time off. I get to go on vacation. I'm going to go to this dirty swamp. In the bayou. In the bayou. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to get old at all uh, throughout this episode. No, I, I think that I would consciously choose to not go where everything can kill you because I mm. find that more relaxing. But some people... I want to go where the mosquitoes are breeding in droves. That's you my... Know, Thought of a perfect time. You know, it'd be a great selling point to that vacation. Uh, mm. Going into said mosquito swamp completely naked for a quick dip, right? You know what happened to us? This is actually something that actually happened 
in my childhood where us kids, I'm a middle child of three kids, and we're like, mom, dad, mom, dad, we really want to go swimming, like, because it was the middle of summer. We really want to go swimming, we really want to go swimming. So my dad's bright idea was go to the neighbor's field. Yes. Where the, all the sluice water had kind Excellent. of run off. And it's like, let's just go for a little dip. And so we all jump in. We're like bathing ourselves and doing the front crawl. Okay. And like drinking water. <laughs> oh my God. How are Probably you alive? Yeah. No, like, like being Baloo from the animated Jungle Book, you know. Just spraying it out as you're doing a back uh, <laughs> yeah. backstroke. Uh, so then, smash cut to like three hours later and we're like huh getting a little, getting a little itchy here which and it got worse and worse and oh worse god. all his head hives like all, it, we were just like oh god because every like mosquito egg larva had come out and probably like started biting uh, us all over our bodies it's the worst night of my life i think potentially well, i guess it's all of us were just we couldn't sleep it's just like we were just like in so much like we're not, and we're not supposed to scratch ourselves. That's what our parents said. So we're trying to put like calamine lotion on. Calamine and like lotion. Yeah, that was put a our big thing. Hands in, in uh, oven gloves so we don't scratch ourselves. And we're like, oh, we can't do this. <laughs> it's better than dysentery, I guess. I guess. Yeah, you yeah. didn't poo yourself to death, but uh, that sounds awful. I did have cholera that one time. But, uh, <laughs> that's a different story. Anyways, uh, it should be said that Kyle and Dave versus the Machine is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. The Alberta Podcast Network promotes and supports Alberta-made podcasts and connects their audiences with Alberta-based businesses and organizations. I have the utmost pleasure to tell you this week about the Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you are a busy business owner, just like a busy bee, a busy business owner with just more meetings around. than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online. They even have swamp coverage. I did not oh, check that, that's... but they probably do. No, and they can, che they can check this anytime on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, you can head on over to ab.bluecross.ca. Nice. Well read. Nice, clean ad read for you. <laughs> for my part, I'm going to talk about ATB. ATB. I forgot what that stands for, Kyle. It's the Alberta, Alberta Treasury Tre Branch. Mostly because they can't actually call themselves a bank. They're not a bank. True story. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, not that's a bad thing. Shoot Who them. cares about those fat cats sitting on your <laughs> cash at the real banks? I wonder if kids still say fat cats. Probably not. Probably not. Fat cat has not been said since 1983. <laughs> <laughs> or appeared in a cartoon. Maybe yeah. maybe Roger Rabbit. At any rate, um, at ATB, we make banking work for you by offering both expert and practical advice in saving, budgeting, and paying off debt. And though your financial situation and the economy may change over time, you can be confident that your money is safe and secure with ATB. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit atb.com. I just said calm, like you said calm. Calm. Oh, no, there's no, there's no L. You don't want to put an L. ATB.com. URL. ATB.com. All right, Dave. We have just watched the 1982 film Swamp Thing. I'm very interested to know your thoughts, but... Uh, before we do that, let's say that we were deciding... on In the bayou? 
Yeah, we're there in the Bailly, the Bailly, <laughs> uh, and we're on a fan boat, right? We've rented a fan boat. Your family is there, but another oh, yeah. family kind of shows up on the dock, and there's this little with rifles, and they're like, with "Rifles, what, and everything. what are y'all doing on my swamp?" And they pull from their back pocket. It's like we have this VHS copy of Swamp Thing. Oh my god, it just keeps coming. Yeah, but they call Swamp Thing, not Swamp Thing, <laughs> the Swamp Thing. Um, and they're like, what's the Yikes. plot? So what, what, what happens in the movie Swamp Thing? I don't remember. A scientist <laughs> working on an unknown chemical turns out and makes things come back to life. Mm. Yeah, ish. And then an evil scientist tries to steal it. He gets blown up, but is infused with this magical chemical and he becomes mm -hmm. a super weird hero. That's like ish. a big, yeah. Big plant man. Very young Ray Wise, I will say. He looks super young. Which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the he's a type of actor to me who's always been middle-aged. Yeah, yeah. So to see him as a young person, it's like, oh, that's weird. Also, every time I see him, he seems like gross and he's pretty gross in this film. He's very <laughs> forward, Kyle. Very yeah. forward. Yeah. But he's supposed to be our hero for the first like a little bit. Very forward. That, yeah, that's about it. And then he, uh, he grows a new arm. It's great. Yeah. I am pretty sure I know what you're going to say next. So I'm going to fold my arms in preparation. <laughs> Mine are already folded. Yeah. What were your thoughts on Swamp Thing? <laughs> it was it was pretty stupid. I mm -hmm. didn't hate it. I watched it to the end. Some of it was a chuckle. It's hard. This is like a full on B. I don't know if yes. this bridges camp, but it's like a mm. full on B sort of like midnight feature type of film, like you might see in a indie flick, uh, indie festival type of thing. You can tell it's super low budget. I actually was in it for the Beanus up until they revealed Swamp Thing, and the makeup mm. was just so stupid. Like the face, I, I don't know. I, I was expecting something more masky, not like a cardboard nose painted green. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, um, so that that kind of broke the b-movie spot i don't know why that stuck out to me and then you know it's okay i, I knew i shouldn't expect more from it so i was fine <laughs> until the end that is like, and going back to our disagreement that we've been having throughout this season or at least the last few episodes i mean there is a bit of an expectation when you're going into a film called swamp thing right <laughs> yeah. that's like i'm not expecting this to no. be like a brilliant <laughs> take on something no i have to say this I'm actually far more positive on this movie than I thought I was going to be. I'm kind of there with you in that, like, by the end of it, it's like, it's okay. I'm not, like, super exuberant about this. However, I do think Wes Craven and the actors he chose to be in this movie elevates the material. Because the material itself is not all that good. <laughs> like, yeah. the dialogue that they give these people is not great. It, and you can actually see that in direct comparison if you watch the sequel to this movie, which mm -hmm. I did. Oh, the Return of Swamp Thing in like did. 1988 or 89, where they get like C-level actors to do the similar dialogue. It's like, woof, like this is bad. Like it so just gets so bad. Basically, you watched Beastmaster, but they mm -hmm. were wearing a green suit. Actually, I, I was going to bring that up. I think that's a great comparison, right? Because Beastmaster, I think, I think I speak for you in saying that we were like, you know, it's a good concept. Like, the concept is not what's bad about this. It's, like, everything around the concept. Like, the actors they chose, how they decided to film it, all that kind of stuff. And that's what I feel about the sequel to Swamp Thing. And this, I think you can see Wes Craven being knew better. Knew what he's doing, yeah. And knew what he's doing. And I actually really like the lighting and production design around this. I will say yes. I cannot really argue too much about the uh, 
the costuming like character design of Swamp Thing, which that is the one thing I actually do like about the sequel better is I think the design is better for the Swamp Thing. They maybe had more money for the suit or something. Who knows? Probably. Um, I actually think that the evil Swamp Thing at the end, like what the evil guy turns into, is actually far worse. Like that is a far worse design where the the mouth isn't even moving. Like it's a 60s Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It really does turn into like a a kaiju Kaiju. or like... A Godzilla fighting movie at the end, where it's just two guys in rubber suits falling into water repeatedly. Like that is really what this movie. Just a couple turns of man into. things, yeah. yeah. Just a couple of man things. But there's enough little, there's enough little moments of what I'm going to call like beauty in this movie oh, that does. I know, but I know. I, I think it's trying for a little bit more than what it's like mm. roots is coming from. You know, you can call me out as being a sap, but I did, I really like the recurring motif of those pink flowers that they keep coming back to. I thought that was really sweet and fun. I thought the comic relief from that boy was actually really good too. So then the isolated moments, the unfortunate part, I think it gets really bogged down and not very interesting action sequences where it's really just, well, we're going to watch these boats and now they're going to run away. And now they're going to come back and they're going to run away. And now they've been captured, I guess, but now they're going to run away. Like there wasn't any like um, dynamism that's going on with that. How do you like those transitions, Dave? <laughs> You know, uh, the first time... The, the first, first couple wipe, like, really took me by surprise. Yeah, you're like, oh, this guy thought of Star Wars but mm-hmm. did it poorly. And then they started... I mean, it was like uh, using a beginner pack on Premiere Pro. It's just just the worst worst well, wipes of all time. It's hilarious. Can you explain that though? Like, why does it work in Star Wars but not here? Um, well, number one, I mean, I can't... I'm not one of those guys that memorize this, but I'm pretty sure he uses the wipes when he's panning. George Lucas. So, mm. uh, we get a transition that kind of follows the camera instead gotcha. of typical like a stable shot where all of a sudden you're like, why the fuck did this curtain rise? And so, it needs to be integrated. If you try to edit any transition, often they do the uh, film dissolves because the two scenes you're interweaving don't actually line up very well. But I feel like, I could be wrong, but I feel like George Lucas, particularly in the first one, just knew that it looked weird. Maybe this was his wife's contribution, but sure. it, it just looked weird. Uh, sorry, it, it was planned because it would have looked weird but, and they just we're able to use it uh, effectively because it feels right. Yeah. If people have not seen this movie, I am talking about like the clock transition where it yeah. says like the wh- whip around. <laughs> There's a star wipe that happens. You- I'm like losing my mind. Like you cannot use a star wipe in a feature film. Well, if you like, think what is about happening? it, this is when people were still editing by hand, right? So that oh, means- Oh yeah. Like this is still film that you're shooting Somebody on. cut those shapes out cell by cell intentionally- <laughs> because they thought it would be fun. A wipe is one thing because you get it, you get the film on a track and you can interlace cuts over cells. But any of those like animated ones, someone made a conscious decision. They were like, we really could use a star here. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I guess I guess that's what we're doing here. No, but there, there there's even some good stunt work, I think, in this movie. There's yeah. a moment where a stuntman is on fire for a good 15 seconds. I'm like, holy shit, how long did this guy burn it wasn't for? wasn't a stuntman. They actually burned a human being. Um, Maybe. It's, it's got like, your, it was... like 80s tropes, like they blew up a boat for no mm-hmm. reason. Um, <laughs> they did. What's her name? They sure uh, did. The actress, we get full full boobs. Yeah. She, but like to your point, she's actually a good actress. Like she's yeah, she fun is. to watch as a protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays this really stupid... 
sequence of events, but she does it in a way that you're captivated because you're like, yeah, what is going to happen to this woman? She doesn't become a Linda Hamilton. She doesn't start carrying a fucking like M60. She she actually kind of has these human moments where she's both brave and fearful. So it's fun, actually. There's there's something about it that keeps you in the narrative as light as it is. This is a comparison in the sequel. It's Heather Locklear. Well, <laughs> so on, on I don't want to cast aspersions. I'm just saying there's a big difference between Heather Locklear and Adrian Barbeau, and you see it very plain <laughs> when or, you compare yeah. the two films together. And that's the thing. Like I, we've run into a little bit of pushback, I think, on YouTube for Beastmaster. But you know, again, it's not fair to. It turns out that woman became the mother in '70s show, right? Of the one that was married to the guy with the perm. That's the same actress. Isn't that weird? I missed what? that. No. You know, in the 70s show, there's that bimbo mom. Is that Donna's mom? Oh, that mother. Sorry. I, I thought you meant like Kitty. the main mother. No, no, no. I was like, uh, that the tall blonde one. That's the same oh, actress as Beastmaster. Weird, right? I found that You didn't do your job is what you're saying. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> um, but when you compare the two, it's night and day. Yes. And I don't think, I don't know if that's too personal on talent, but as an assessment, these are similar textured quality in the B-movie space for me. Yeah, yeah I mean... And this one actually it's, works It's well. hard sometimes, like, is it the material? Is it the actor? Yeah. Is it the director not being able to communicate what it is that they're wanting? Like, a little bit of everything. You I know, think. last week we were talking about Clint Eastwood. And Clint Eastwood is, like, famous for only doing one or two takes and then mm. moving on, right? And sometimes that can work if you have a really great actor who's prepared and comes to set. And sometimes it's like, oof, you should have done maybe a couple more takes yeah, for yeah. this to actually feel right. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, again, I... I don't know why I've forgotten how we got into this little segue, but it was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I think that's the that's the recurring th that's the recurring thing for me is like I kind of found myself basically right in the middle, which is like this is decent. I actually really love the setup to this movie. This is very oh that's 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 the um, connection I was going to make. This feels so much like a throwback to like. 1940s early 1950s monster movies too where it's like it's evil yes. scientist and he has his new elixir and he invites the people over and then oh look something crazy An happened accident, and now he's yeah. turned into a monster and now he has like it's frankenstein it's like it's a bunch of those movies that basically copied frankenstein some good some bad and it's just this is it's a new evolution of that but in the 1980s context and i think if you come in at, with that kind of frame of mind which i was not expecting but i kind of locked into that within the first 10 min minutes which is like oh this is a 1950s monster movie <laughs> Be yeah yeah absolutely. you know then you can have a little bit of fun with it and you can kind of go with it is it amazing no but if no. someone said we're gonna watch swamp thing tonight i'd be like okay fine i'll just sit here and <laughs> watch swamp thing again surf on my phone i think you both should go and stick your heads in the swamp and never come up for air i did i i thought the orgy scene was a little weird when they just cut oh. to the cult yeah and i was I mean, like why is, did we spend so much time with all these like women stripping this is something but, that we're probably going to start to see a little bit more as uh we get into the spooky season of Halloween here, Dave. Because this is like a 1980s trope of being like, how can we show breasts in our movie? <laughs> and we and here this is like the bathing scene. And you're like, oh. we've seen it twice. We see it twice in this movie where we have you know Adrian Barbo like bathing herself in a swamp, which is like, okay, fine, it's disgusting. I mean, she's you know she's uh, she's, she's well a beautiful built. woman. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not mad. I guess at the end of the day, but it's, it, does Why? it really need to be there? Yeah. No, Why? the orgy scene is maybe the more aggressive one. Would you would you bathe in a swamp? I know you're sweaty and you've been fighting monsters, but is that the right place to like wash your hair? He'd be bitten by so <laughs> many mosquitoes, like it'd be so awful. Oh. It'd be so itchy afterwards. Well, it's not like in uh, Walkabout where that girl's in a lagoon. If you're in oh, a lagoon, right. you know mm -hmm. it's fine. 
it seems like fresh water ish. Yeah, f- fresh water would be good, but this is swamp. stagnant, stinky there's stuff growing in it. I mean, like there's there are gators in there. Like, uh, you don't know what's going to come at you. Yeah, down in the bayou. Bayou. The cult orgy scene was was kind of weird, but where that leads to with the banquet and him poisoning his uh, yeah, which idiot, is fun. And you're like that was that was pretty funny. It's actually a pretty decent transformation scene too, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. For what it <laughs> they is, they do really yeah. interesting cuts to to make that work. And you're expecting uh, what's great about that scene is you're expecting the henchman to become the nemesis, but he just yes turns into a, an idiot. So like a <laughs> weird monkey thing. So it was kind of funny actually. I had a had a good chortle mm-hmm. when that failed. I like that the elixir it, the elixir is like fluorescent green, yeah. like <laughs> a ninja turtle ooze is basically. <laughs> what it is and as a as a child raised on ninja turtles i was like oh you have to get rid of that like you can't you I, found yeah. the secret of the ooze man well, like you can't you can't go into that i was always surprised when i learned that the ninja turtles comes from a toy instead of from a comic book right? well sort of yeah. the ninja turtles are basically an adaptation of an adaptation like what we know as the ninja turtles as like the cowabunga eating pizza is not what the original comics no, were which the original were much more darker and bloodier yes. and gruesome mm. And it was an was a was a spinoff of Daredevil. Like that's oh where, really like the Footman and the Foot Clan were Daredevil villain Daredevil villains. Oh, which were spun off into the Ninja Turtle comic books. Oh, interesting. Why? Mm-hmm. I wonder why they didn't. Did they ever? And they must have then crossed back yes. over. Okay. They did at one point. I'm pretty sure. Anyways, okay. that's probably coming to the MCU in 2026. The Ninja Turtles just joins the MCU. And Why not? Because they are they everything. still owned by Marvel? No, they are no. by something else. I yeah, can't yeah. remember. Michael Bay, because he made the last two movies or Blech. at least produced them. What's, uh, yeah, I used to have those comic books. E- Eastman and Lord. Yeah, Eastman and something. But uh, black and white, not in color. Yeah, that's like, right. They were, <laughs> they and were dark. They beat people yeah. up, which is the correct way. If you're a turtle, man. And you have ninja powers. Sorry, sorry, a, a turtle man thing, yeah. And you're uh, taught by a ninja rat. You're not going to eat pizza. You're going to fucking murder people. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, there's I a just, lot of anguish there. I just, like, like, it does work when you actually watch it or read it. But, man, like, can you imagine someone coming to you and pitching you that? It's like, okay, there's these turtle men, and they're being trained by a rat man. And, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> actually, when you look at the history of comics, they're probably like, yeah, keep uh, keep going. Okay, keep, keep going, going. Keep talking. Yeah. Talk more. Yeah, yeah, I, give, I'm give not more. upset about it. I'm not upset about it. There's this brain organism that's inside of a, a mechanical man <laughs> and he like controls things. Well, I don't think Krang showed up until a cartoon, but- uh, <laughs> That is true. I think that was, that was a cartoon invention. That first movie holds up. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. The, first the 1990 live yeah. action Ninja yeah. Was your son way into it or no? Uh, we watched it. He was okay with it, but I think we watched it too early. Uh, the animated movie, like, there's a new, I hate it, but there's a new TV show there. Oh, is there? It's not from Netflix on Netflix. I can't even sit through. He's obsessed with that thing right now. So, mm. uh, it's been sullied. Do they get the same theme song still or no? No. And it's, no. they've changed the character design and, uh, it's, it's a do mess. They, do, do they do that modern thing where it's like, it's Mike and Raph and Don and Leo. Like they don't even use their full names or anything yes. like that. And they're all oh different sizes, right? Mm. So like Raphael is like this giant behemoth and like it, they've, played around so there some of the characters remaining in it but it's hard to watch but i think it's it's dialed into the new generation of how people watch like it's very spastic and kind of yeah, like yeah. all over the place so and, f- uh, and filmed in portrait the entire time 
I saw a cool, so there's a new rap album, Black Thought and Danger Mouse. Uh, anyways, it's, it's fucking banging. But one of their YouTube videos, this is genius, it's got four guest MCs. What they did, just because you mentioned it, they filmed them rapping their verses on their iPhone in a mirror. And then somebody intercut them, but they stabilized the iPhone in the yeah. center. So it creates this like shimmering uh, oh, movement effect. And it looks fucking cool. I mean, if you have epilepsy like I am, I do. Maybe not watching it like on a projector in full screen because it <laughs> moves really quick. But I really enjoyed that. It was like two and a half minutes of very interesting visuals. Um, uh, well, I can't wait to check it out. Um, <laughs> being the white weirdo that I am. It's good. Kyle has a face that's never listened to a rap song before. Let's do some backstory here, Dave. This movie opened up on February 19th, 1982. It is rated 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. It is 5.3 on IMDb. It has a 50 on Metacritic. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 60% from 40 critics and a 40% from 10,000 plus users. This is available on DVD and Blu-ray, but the Blu-ray is so expensive. I was like shocked. Like it's not any cheaper than 40 bucks to buy it on Blu-ray. And not Criterion either. No, it's just like standard Blu-ray. And currently you can purchase or rent it on iTunes. Uh, Its budget was two and a half million dollars. And I have no idea how much money it made. Zero. There's literally no information about it. Cult following. Yeah. It's a VHS movie, right? We're going to get to there. Yes. It actually made a lot of money when it went to home video. Its plot description is, after a violent incident with a special chemical, a research scientist is turned into a swamp plant monster. You might call it a swamp thing. Mm. So my synopsis is pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Dave, this leads us into our favorite segment of the episode, the fan favorite portion of the episode, where we play a game called Guess Guess That Tag. This part where I grab my handsome blazer, I get my long Bob Barker microphone, and Dave, you have to guess what the actual tagline to this movie was. When you go and see a new movie at the multiplex. Multiplex. <laughs> maybe you're going to go and watch. Maybe you're going to go to one of the cheap theaters. You're going to go and watch Let the Crawl Dad Sing or something like wow. that in, in movie theaters. And you see the poster with all the images. But in small, tiny print, you can go up and like squint at it. There's usually a, a, a sentence that describes with this movie and encourages you to go and see it. I'm going to give you three options. One of these is the actual tagline that appeared on the poster for Swamp Thing. And the other two are completely made up by me. So is the tagline, (laughs) well, this is a tell, but is the tagline, leave him alone. Is it, (laughs) is it (laughs) science changed him into a monster? Love changed him even more. Or is it, First, there was Frankenstein. Next, there was the creature from the Black Lagoon. Now comes Swamp Thing. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I guess probably three. I like two. I'm going to go with two. Let's do two. Number two is correct, Dave. Yes. Oh, nice. Science changed him into a monster. Boobs, butts in the bayou. <laughs> that would have been a $15 million movie right there. Got some butts in the seats, that's for sure. This stars Ray Wise as Dr. Alec Holland, Dick Durek as Swamp Thing, Adrian Barbeau as Alice Cable, Louis Jordan as Arcane, and David Hess as Ferret. Anything you want to say about these actors? No. Louis Jordan, most famous film, I'm going to just say, well, I shouldn't say famous, but his m- biggest role 
was Gigi. Like he appeared in the film Gigi, won Best Picture at the 1950-something Academy Awards. It's a musical. This would be very prevalent again in the sequel. So to do a huge spoiler alert, Dave, what happens to Arcane at the end of this movie? I don't remember. He turns into yeah. a wolf, a bat? Wolf thing. Who yeah. cares? They fight in the bayou. Yeah. Oh my god. What what was the fight? What was the climactic end? I mean, something kills him, but how? We'll say Swamp Thing kills him, right? But yeah. we're aligned on that he's dead. Right? He's supposed to be dead, yes. So in the sequel, he's just alive. No explanation. <laughs> just Wait, alive. As the monster or as the scientist? No, back as the Why not? French Same actor? evil man scientist. Same actor. By the way, I knew I was going to at least moderately like this movie when they do the dramatic rip the face off maneuver. I'm I'm in this movie. (laughs) This is so great. That's the weird thing, right? Me too. As soon as he ripped his face off, you're like, you know, you're like, I know what this is. I'm okay with it. It's fine. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Anyways, so in the sequel, it's never mentioned. It's just the sequel is so stupid. But anyways, he's just alive again, back as the French scientist. Now he's basically a Bond villain. But he, has he was a, a Bond villain. Parrot. Oh, I guess that's right. He was in uh, yeah. Octopussy, right? Yeah. Uh, one of them. I don't remember if it's Octopussy. Pretty sure it's Octopussy yeah. the year after this. Yeah. Um, he has a parrot now in the good. sequel yeah, named good. Gigi. And he does lines from the musical <laughs> to the parrot. I don't know. Who is it for, Dave? Me. It's for me. But I mean, like, who else is this for? So oh weird. Oh, my God. Adrian Barbeau was great. She was in a few of the uh, John Carpenter films, which I definitely recommend. Uh, and Ray Wise is like the evil guy. I know him a lot from TV because he was in Twin Peaks. He was in yep. a few other TV shows. Usually yeah, as an evil man. So Bad guy face. He's probably one of those people, though, that is like... So nice. Well, that's what I mean. Like He's like probably so nice in real life, but as an actor, he's like, oh my God, this creepo. Get him away from me. Something He's too intense. It's like when he's... Uh force flirting with adrian mm-hmm. barbeau in the in the in the yeah. swamps you're just like oh man like why is his pants still i did think he was the villain for the first little yeah. bit of this movie i thought that that's what they were setting I was up surprised his man thing wasn't out the whole time he was really pushing hard man. <laughs> okay so the other thing about the sequel dave you'll this thing sounds like i'm making this up i swear to god this is 100 percent true there's a point in the sequel in the return of swamp thing where he has rescued Heather Locklear. They're out in the, in the swamp. And she's like basically flirting with them. So it's like, can you have sex? She doesn't say those words, but it's like, can you make love? He's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't think you want that type of love from me. It's like, oh, well, God. have you tried? And it's oh like, my God. He reaches down to his groinal area and he like picks out this leaf pod thing, like <laughs> a little pustule thing, peels it. She takes a bite, he takes a bite, and then they have sex. So I have no idea, like, am I supposed to read from, am I supposed to read from that? Did they just eat his penis? Like, I don't understand what happened in that scene. It sounds like I'm having a fever dream. I swear to God that scene actually exists in this movie, in that, in the sequel. I don't even know. I'm, I'm both picturing it and wishing I wasn't. I'm incredibly turned on right now. You, th- that scene has to be on YouTube. Just watch that scene and no, tell me what is happening. This, yeah, what is happening? The FBI will show up at your house <laughs> if you do watch that <laughs> yeah, scene. I, in can you isolation. imagine the algorithm? It's like uh, Swamp Thing penis sex. Uh, actually, <laughs> building YouTube. I'm pretty sure I've been flagged. I've seen some weird stuff. You should see the kind mm-hmm. of GIFs. I, I like GIFs better. I think it sounds better. But anyways, sure. I think the internet went GIF. Uh, people make GIFs of uh, all kinds of weird stuff, Kyle. Uh, cinematography is by a man named Robbie Greenberg. His top four on IMDb are Save the Last Dance from 2001. Oh, yeah. 
That was a good movie. That's the Julia Stiles and... Julia Stiles, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Back when she was going to be like the biggest new star. Yeah. She's too angry looking, right? That's the problem. Well, I mean, that's the misogyny coming through. But yeah, she was supposedly like she always looked angry rather than had the smile all the time. Fools Rush In from 1997, a Matthew Perry starring vehicle. Under Siege 2, Dark Terrorist from 1995. Nice. Under Siege was famous for the boob birthday cake scene. Yeah, good. Maybe we should do a double feature of that and Return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, his magnum opus, Wild Hogs from 2007. Tim Allen? John yeah. Travolta? I didn't John watch Travolta, that yeah. because that looked racist. Now, this one is not in his top four. I just also want to point out, he did shoot Free Willy as well, which is also <laughs> interesting. Yeah, he shot Willy, eh? Nice. Well, he didn't like, with well, like well, well, cinematography. Well, he did the cinematography for Free Willy. This is written and directed by Wes Craven, uh, based on the DC character. So, Dave, we need to go back. We don't to need 19- to. You just want to. <laughs> let's let's take our minds back to 1971. It's 1971, and comics writer Len Wein or Vine. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. That's how Germany wants to be. Yeah, yeah. it's W E I N. So I'm going to say Vine if we're doing the mm-hmm. German way. But he's riding the subway. When this strange idea just pops into his head, a man, maybe a creature, formed from the bog who stomps around and would be great for a horror story that he could write for DC at the time, but he didn't have a name. So he just kept referring to it as the Swamp Thing story uh, and the name just stuck. So they just kind of kept it, kept it around. Then artist Bernie Wrightson designs the look of said Swamp Thing and that appears in the July issue of House of Secrets. Issue number 92, if we want to be precise. This was a comic that had anthology stories of mystery, fantasy, and horror, uh, and had just actually been recently revived after a three-year pause. In that original story that appears in House of Secrets, it's actually far different than what Swamp Thing would eventually become. So it was this standalone story, and the character, as he is portrayed in that original comic, was this period piece set in the early 20th century, where a scientist is developing this elixir, and is in love with this beautiful woman. Then his best friend, who's jealous, kills the scientist, or so he thinks, in order to swoop in, steal this woman. However, the scientist doesn't die, and so his friend drags him out into the middle of the swamp, dumps the body. That man then turns into the swamp thing because of this chemical and the infusion of all the swamp. The woman, though, is smart enough to figure out, well, maybe this guy isn't all on the up and up, you know, because he swings a cane and doesn't really even need it to walk around, but regardless... Twist anyway, his mustache with his top his hat. No. Like, mm, this guy, I don't know. I'm dating a guy with a monocle, Kyle. What's your opinion? <laughs> immediate red flag. Anyway, so the, the friend uh, is eventually killed off, but because Swamp Thing can't speak, he can't make his love understand who he is, so he has to wander back into the swamp to be alone forever. That is what the story is in that original comic book. I should have made that the movie. I agree, actually. I think yeah. I think that would be a very interesting story. Maybe they will. Too someday. dark for Maybe the they 80s. Will someday. Yeah, too dark for the 80s. That story, though, proved to be so successful that DC decides, well, let's make an entire series out of this story. But they change the name of the character and they update the story so that it would be happening in present day. And that is the version that this movie is basically adapting then. Now, here's the interesting thing, for me at least. That series runs for... We can stress that, yes. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying that story, (laughs) or that original run, goes for 24 issues, so from 72 to 1976. 
and then it's canceled because of declining sales. But some of the things that, that appear into this movie, his main enemy is this guy named Anton Arcane, who's obsessed with immortality, but that's the one thing that they pull out and put into this movie. As far as the making of this movie, I really have no information about how this movie got made. Like, I don't know if it was Wes Craven's idea because he was having some success, if it was DC who came to him. Like, obviously, DC was having success with Superman, with the, the films of Superman at this time. But you would think if they were having success with Superman that they would be going after, like, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, like, those characters, if they were trying to build out, like, a like movie. A Why show. they would go with Swamp Thing is, like, what I don't get. Like, who was it that decided, oh, Swamp Thing? No, someone must have come in and bought the rights, right? Maybe. I don't know. Because it was never even one of their starring vehicles, so. And, like, during the production of this movie, and even when it was released, there was no Swamp Thing comic book. Like, it mm -hmm. had been canceled. Mm -hmm. There was no Swamp Thing comic book. Maybe something that Wes Craven wants to explore, don't know. But if you do know, write in. If you actually know, like, why this was made in the first place, I'd love to know. Just address it to Kyle, because I don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> This is also a classic example of an adaptation in name only because it's like, yeah, they use the names, but not really the personalities or their like <laughs> backstories in any conceivable way. It's like someone thumbs through a Swamp Thing comic book, a couple issues and like, yeah, we got it. <laughs> and like, like wrote a story around it. There's a guy, he's in the bayou. We're fine. He's green. Now, I, I kind of mentioned this near the start. What I do find actually far more fascinating in a way than even this movie is what the fallout of this movie is. Because DC was actually not all that happy with what was produced. And somewhat indirectly, this movie leads to the end of the comics code. So do you know what the comics code is, Dave? Uh, yeah, it was kind of like the HUAC of comic books. They made sure there's no swearing, no boobs, no blood. You always use HUAC. HUAC is far different. Oh. That was reading out communists. You're thinking of the production code in Production Hollywood. code. So no boobs, no blood, no actual death. Yeah. You're allowed to have everyone essentially naked, but you just no. can't have no nips. You're not. Actually, you're wrong. Oh, with the the, that was code. pre... Is that... Wait, John Byrne is after the comic code is over? Well... Because he was drawing just... people with no clothes on, just no boobs, uh, no nips. So, well, you may have been able to like show like maybe the top or something like yeah. that. As the comics code was written in 1954, because that's when it kind of comes into being... I'm not going to read through every one of these, but like just a couple of them is like crimes can never be presented in a sympathetic way. Policemen, judges, government officials always have to be shown to be right and, and on the up and up. Good always has to triumph over evil. No excessive violence. Comics cannot use the words horror or terror in the title. All scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gore, gruesome scenes, depravity, lust, sadism are not permitted. You cannot have... The Walking Dead, so zombies, you can have vampires, you can have ghouls, cannibalism, werewolves, any of that stuff cannot be shown in comic books. Gotta protect the kids, Kyle. I guess so. Comic books uh, corrupt people. Nudity in any form, you could not have. Illicit sexual relationships cannot be shown. And then sex perversion of any kind was strictly forbidden, which basically means no gay people. <laughs> like that's no gays. <laughs> is what that means. There's a few other ones, but that's the basic understanding of what the comics code was. This movie comes out and they're like, well, maybe... What we should do with this movie coming out is revive Swamp Thing so that people go see the movie and maybe they'll be inspired to go to their comic store and buy Swamp Thing, which, yes, does make a bit of sense. Do you know who they go to write the new Swamp Thing? Alan Moore. Correct. Yeah. So Alan Moore is hired. Who is Alan Moore? Uh, Watchmen. Yes. Does Watchmen, V for Vendetta, does a yeah. bunch of stuff for DC and is a notorious curmudgeon he's, he's basically nut. dave yeah. if he was an englishman is well, basically what it comes I can't down grow to a beard no he does look like a wizard yeah. <laughs> but uh 
He is a provocateur, right? He really does push the envelope in the 80s and into the 90s with his like very adult stories that he's writing for comics because he was treating comics as literature. And it's like, why can't we push for more and expect more from this format? Um, I'm a big fan of more. I don't like I don't like all of his work, but it's like I do respect what he was trying to do. He decides to push boundaries in this new run of Swamp Thing, which does actually cause people to go and buy the comic book again. People are excited about it. But in one of the issues, he puts zombies in it, which, as I just read out, was explicitly forbidden from the comics code. But what does the comics code do? Nothing. <laughs> they don't do anything. And so, because Alan Moore gets away with it for doing it in this Swamp Thing comic book, Marvel and all these other comic book publishers are like, oh, well, like if you're not going to do anything for him, maybe we can start doing stuff ourselves. And essentially, by the year 2000, 2001, the code is basically just abandoned. Like none of the comic book publishers yeah, right. anymore decide to follow it. They're like, whatever, we can go full bore and do whatever we want. Even in the early mid 90s, when you have the resurgence in Marvel with the Jim Lees and the Todd McFarlane's and all that stuff, they were just on the cusp of very adult. And then Image and Dark Horse come out and they're like, we don't give yes. a fuck about the comic code. We're doing, we're doing the sex. We're doing the sexy, sexy times. You know? Even me, I remember again. It's, it's interesting that I got to become a fan of Spider-Man in the 90s because more long-term fans say the 90s were the bad period of Spider-Man. But regardless, it's, that was when I was becoming a fan of him. And there was excessive blood in certain friends of yep. that one. And like there was overt references to him and Mary Jane having sex. Like the, it, they were pushing things as far as they could possibly go. Yeah. And the commentary just was not doing anything. It's like, well, uh, okay, it's I guess it works in context. And there's then, an because it's so ineffective, it's like, let's just get rid of this altogether. Yeah, there isn't a cell in any of that 90s Spider-Man where Mary Jane isn't busting out of her top. <laughs> yes, I agree. 100%. <laughs> like, it is very sexualized. Although I will say, as a bisexual boy, like, Peter Parker was also shown to be <laughs> busting out of his... And that's the hypocrisy, right? All the guys were allowed to be... I mean, it's still like that in the streets, right? You, yeah. you can run naked if you're a man. As long as your yeah. dick isn't out. And you are not allowed <laughs> to do anything near that as a woman. Listen, I did it one uh, time, Dave, okay? <laughs> Jesus. No nips. No nips. Like I said, I don't know if this makes any money. Like it does, but it did so well on home video that a sequel is greenlit in 1989, which the tone is very different. That is so much goofier of a movie. Like oh, it leans way forward. Later. But yeah. anyways, the other thing that this kind of, because the new Swamp Thing comes out and because they get Alan Moore, he creates some of his own characters that show up in Swamp Thing. Those characters would often get their own series for Vertigo Comics, which was like the small indie imprint that dc owned and that they could just like do weird things oh, i didn't with. know dc owned vertigo at that time okay keep they going they did for a while i don't know if that's still true but okay. um at least i'm pretty sure i'm because dark horse was marvel and vertigo was dc i think that's how it worked regardless mm -hmm. an image was just rob leefield going i don't give a fuck about anybody okay keep going keep going he creates a bunch of things that basically helps out the vertigo comics these characters are also like the the Swamp Thing characters are referenced in the Sandman comic books that start getting published in 1988, although they never appear in it, but they're referenced a few times, which then leads Neil Gaiman to create the character John Constantine, which also gets his own comic book series, movie, and TV show. Basically, the point is what I'm making is that if this movie is not made and had DC not revived Swamp Thing at that time, there's a, a, a different timeline that happens, right? Mm. Does the comic code get eliminated as quickly as it does? Who knows? maybe does does vertigo get off the ground because these alan moore is giving them all these characters i don't know alan moore i think would have been successful no matter what but would we have gotten watchmen and v for vendetta as soon as we did like i, I don't know there's just a different timeline had this movie actually not come out yeah. when it does and i just find that super fascinating 
Mm. I like the butterfly effect starring Ashton Kutcher. So like I said, there was a sequel. There was a live action TV show that lasted 72 episodes that so starts weird. in 1990, which also stars Dick Durek, who is the Swamp Thing in this movie. There was an animated TV show that began in 1991, but only lasted five episodes. A 1992 video game that was made for the NES what? and Game Boy systems. And a 2019 live action TV series that lasted one season and 10 episodes. Who knows? Maybe he'll show up in the Sandman Netflix show, which is getting great reviews because they could if they know. wanted to. It's fine. I got through episode two and I just, I haven't turned it back on. It's one of those, right? You're like, it's it's fine. I probably won't go back to it. Do you like Neil Gaiman though? Are you a Neil, Neil Gaiman fan? Uh, I guess not. I, what mm. uh, What's the other thing he's famous for? Uh, His big ones are probably Coraline, um, Stardust. Yeah, I guess not. Meh. I'm big. I'm a big Neil Gaiman fan. That's why I bring that up. I just feel like his prose. Um, His prose. Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's a writer. What am I supposed to say? I like the words he uses. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's it's fun to poke you. (laughs) I like it when he writes about the bayou. (laughs) (laughs) Bayou. Yeah. So I I watched the second episode. Spoiler alert. The two dreams that appear in whatever characters are Cain and Mm -hmm. Abel. Yeah. And I just realized like, why... And if you're not part of an Abrahamic faith, do you even understand the point of it? Like, it's just weird. And then I, I couldn't well, go back. I mean, so I was like, who cares? Sure. Who cares? But like, I don't know. I think that's a weird criticism. Not a criticism. I'm just, it's a- That the movie made in North America is using Judeo-Christian images. Uh, and I that's just weird it because a break for me. Like, I just felt mm. like it came out of nowhere. Like, of all things to represent a dream, why are we doing the, you know, birth of sin? Strange. There is um, a very famous story. I think it's in Sandman. It was after Neil Gaiman. Oh, man. How does that work? Anyways, they wanted to use Jesus in a story, and DC said, no, you absolutely cannot have Jesus represented in the story. No, people would set fire to their office. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what's happening today. The world is on fire. So, getting back to this movie, just a few things. This is why I write notes down so I can remember the things I wanted to talk about. To get back to, yeah. Just the opening scene. You know, they're showing you like the swamp and everything. Did you not just expect Kermit to be like strumming on his banjo? No, no. <laughs> I was just like, it's like this is like the opening of the of the Muppet movie. A little like, bit. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the oh way I God. just would have loved if that, that's how. Why? The movie also all right, started. all right. <laughs> this is so stupid. I can't believe the first thing you turned on Swamp Thing and your mind immediately went to Kermit the Frog. I know. It's just like, oh, I'm going to hear a rainbow connection. We talked about the face ripoff. Love it. Uh, there's this one shot where we, we see Swamp Thing before like his full face is actually revealed. And in fact, I kind of keep agreeing with you in that like, I wish they had kept the reveal like way longer. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. to hide it in the shadows a little All bit more. All the shadow stuff's cool. Yeah. Like the drippy hand. That's what I mean. But there's this one shadow one where he's walking. It's yeah. like, this feels like that infamous uh, Bigfoot. Yes. Yes. Video. They're definitely trying to use... The same shape, silhouettes mm-hmm. with the tree, and and he's kind of like doing that stooping walk for sure. That's all Bigfoot uh, related. They just, oh, it's just the face. I know it's I know. so petty. It just doesn't move. But just something. Well, I think it's the the body that is the worst because anytime they show up, like oh, that's that's a rubber yeah. <laughs> suit that you have on, which is too bad. It's a, such an unfair criticism. But at least his face does move, unlike the villain, who's it does not. <laughs> Which is fine for like a 1950s Godzilla movie. Not so great for a 1982 movie, I don't think. Yeah, I'm trying to think what better special effects. I mean, we saw James Earl Jones turn into a snake. 
right? right? They yeah. could do better. I mean, they didn't have the same budget, but we, we could no, do better. No, but I mean, like, Return of the Jedi was, like, two years before this. Yeah. So, I mean... No, wait, no. Return of the Jedi is not 1980. That's Empire, Sorry, right? Empire Strikes Back yeah, is what yeah. I meant. Empire Strikes Back was two Return years before Jedi this. Return of the Jedi is, like, 84, isn't it? 83? Even, like, the thing that we've referenced already has far better special effects. Not that we've seen it yet. Year. Not that well, we've I'm seen it saying. yet. I, I have you seen know. it, so... Like, uh, Poltergeist is this year, so, I mean, like, there is... I mean, I mean, I know I'm seeing movies that have probably bigger budgets, but at the same time, we can do better. We can do better when like Lon Chaney's Wolfman probably had better, yeah. better makeup on. <laughs> this is like talking about Beastmaster, you know, why, mm -hmm. why dye a tiger black? Just be a tiger, man. <laughs> just be a tiger. It's fine. <laughs> I do also like the line of dialogue they give to one of the bad guys. I think it is Ferret that they give it to, which is like, what are we going to do about this? Swamp thing. Like, that's the, how they name the guy. Mm. But it just feels kind of natural. Like, that's what you would probably say. Which is why a man thing could never work. No. <laughs> There's no context where that name would actually organically appear out of someone's mouth. Because mm -hmm. a man thing's either a penis or just a man. Like, you won't call it a thing. Yeah, you wouldn't call it a thing. Like, swamp thing makes sense in this context because you're just like, I don't know, it's like a swamp thing. Then you're like, a swamp well, thing. It's fine. It, right? I mean, it even goes back again to Fantastic Four, like, the thing. And it's like, any, I'm sorry, any person that saw Ben Graham turn into that big monstrosity is going to be like, oh, Stone Man. Like, that's, that's what you're going to call him. I mean, even if you're going to go for no, something. Well, they probably brainstormed that. They're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to say, say something stupid. Rocky. Yeah, it's like he's a Stone Man or a Rocky Man. You're not going to be like, oh, it's the thing. The like, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Not when you have the Human Torch as like the <laughs> other person who's like a really cool name. Human Torch is a pretty good name. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's the woman? Is she invisible, invisible woman, woman? And then Mr. Fantastic. So the names just suck in general. They're pretty stupid. I mean, you could tell the error they came. It's hard to name superheroes, right? Because yeah, if it's too yeah. literal, it's stupid. If they're too abstract, nobody understands the reference. Like the Batman is a man who is dressed up as a bat, right? Mm -hmm. And it's nice because you're fine. It doesn't look anything like a bat. There's a lot of... Like his face is... Can you imagine if they made him an actual Batman? I'm sure there's been... I'm sure. Parallel universe stuff, but... There was this character named Bad Jude. helmet face where his human <laughs> face is in the mouth. That's what they should have done. Disgusting. There is this character named Jude who's like this young boy who's in this movie. Did you find a little problematic using sort of Maybe a, token, a little bit. I think they do lean a little bit into some black child. racist yeah. tropes. I will say that though. And every line out of his mouth I thought was gold. I'm like, this kid is nailing it. This yeah. kid knows exactly what type of movie he's in. There's this one line that made me laugh out loud where the big, like the agent or whatever, the bad guy's footmen have come they're shooting up the place right and they jump behind the counter and she's like you know barbara's like oh yeah do you have guns do and he's like what kind of place do you think this is of course we do and he like hands her a gun I'm like that's really funny that's uh, that's super funny he's had this the right amount of pause yeah, before yeah. he gives you like the button good yeah, performance good. yeah good worth a chortle and then the last thing i'm just gonna say again as far as like lines and stuff like this it's kind of near the end you know and him and adrian barbeau like she realizes who he now is they can't really be together and she says like this feels like a dream and then he goes back like everything is a dream when you're alone i don't know i find that like very beautiful and sweet and <laughs> that sort of thing he has to say like i'm going to always be alone until seven years later where him and heather Locker eat his penis but still <laughs> <laughs> still just, there's some sweetness to that wait you gotta wait for your moment i don't know if we're just getting worn out from watching all these b movies but i just i have not a lot maybe i don't have not a lot going on well i think the the biggest thing here is like i i don't know about the first run i do know having read up on it which has not happened yet so i'm not gonna we're not gonna get into too much but like in alan moore's run of swamp thing 
apparently he was like really heavily into like environmentalism, like making this be a very specific point, political point that he was making with the character. And I, like, that's kind of here, but not really. Like, that's not what the point of this movie is. This is a monster movie, right. first and foremost, with maybe a bit of social commentary if you really are going to dig for it. But I don't think it's really trying to say much of anything. No. Not that it has to, but it's like I'm saying, like, yeah, there's not a lot of, like, as you said, meat on the bones here. Not a lot of apples on the tree. <laughs> There's a couple of shoots, you know, there's yeah. a flower here and there, mm-hmm. but uh, no. I just wish it maybe it was just better at what it was trying to do. Like if they had maybe a bigger budget or uh, the action sequences were a little bit more well-conceived, I think this could have even been elevated a bit more. I, no, but, I think this is the best that it could have been yeah. for what the concept was. You know, I think in our rewrite, we should just call it a rewrite session. The problem with this character is that it just inherently doesn't have a lot of depth. You go too far political, like a toxic Avenger or something, you know, it changes the story too much. It's just not a swamp thing. The only thing you could have done maybe is entertain that first short story you're talking about where we really focus on the fact that if you're a swamp thing, you get nothing but the swamp. Right. You know, but like a tragedy, but I don't think even B-movies are brave enough to challenge that, right? On a low budget. You know, when we... Maybe that can be our passion project. That's our blank check when our movie goes super supernova. We write the Swamp Thing adaptation. It's just a standalone. It's just set in that like just early 20th century. Yeah, we'll direct it, and it's just yeah, exactly. You just, you just you stay, you stay in that uh, in the sadness. I don't know. I just love those stories because I'm a sad sack. So I'm like, yeah, wow. he should be alone. He should just stay in the swamps. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just gonna lie down here for the rest of eternity. It's fine. Right. It's fine. He can't speak in that in that version, so of course. When he starts talking this yeah, and I resurrecting know. people, I think just it twists a little too far. But again, you know, I th- and I think this is the problem with maybe this is a comic code thing. Like they could have let the kid die. It had more impact when he's floating yeah. on the boat. It didn't affect the story at all for him to be resurrected, except maybe to introduce the power that he could save. Uh, does he? That's the girl. Well, I mean, he saves somebody else later. Is it the woman? Yeah, he does. Yeah, but I, I mean, that, well. that is again kind of the Frankenstein in the movie, not really in the book, but in the movie, he mistakenly, accidentally kills a kid, right? Yeah. And he, and that's part of what they're going after and wanting to kill him. Didn't mean to, but he does. There could have been something here too, like by his actions, he gets this kid killed, and therefore is looked at as a monster, and he has to deal with that. I think, think there is things that you can explore with this character, yeah. but it's always going to be rooted in like, like this is B level. Like, uh, yeah. you know, fantastic story. It's a, a pulpy horror comic book story. And again, I, I, that makes it sound like I'm criticizing it. But like, no, like if that's what it is, then lean into that and be that. And so, it was. Last thing is like, I, I do kind of like the villain in this uh, up to a point because of course the deluded guy's like, oh, I can drink this concoction because I'll of course become something great and powerful. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course you would think that, you deluded man. <laughs> it's like the red skull. I, yeah. I just... He he was good. He's a he's a good bad guy because he's so arrogant, you mm-hmm. know, and he's got an arrogant face. That actor, so mm-hmm. you know, it plays off. It's fine. It's just, just there's not a lot of weight or depth there either. He's just a pantomime of. Okay, I'm surprised he didn't have a mustache and a right, and a monocle. Right? right? Could he could have? I think he should have broken out into song. Let's be <laughs> honest with you. But. Swamp Thing the musical. <laughs> 
maybe. <laughs> get on it, Broadway. We're done here. So the machine has said that we have to wrap this up. Let us get into Critics' Choice here first. This is, of course, the part of the show where we discover what the critics thought at the time this film was released. So Roger Ebert did review this film. Uh, and he wrote in part, Craven's inspiration seems to come from James Whale's classic Bride of Frankenstein from 1935. And he pays tribute in scenes where his swamp monster sniffs a flower, admires a young girl's beauty from afar, and looks sadly at a photograph in a locket. Will you like this? Yes, probably if you like monster and horror movies. The movie occupies familiar ground, but it has a freshness and a winsome humor to fit it. And Craven moves confidently through the three related genres he's stealing from. Monster movies mad scientist movies, and transformation movies in which people turn into strange beings. There's beauty in this movie if you know where to look for it. You give it three out of four stars. High praise. Pauline Kale did not review this movie, Shocker. Shock Upon Shocks. So I went on to Letterboxd to find a negative the review. Biggest hater. And, uh. and, came, and came across Darren Carver Balziger, who gave this one and a half stars. And checking by his, uh, his profile... Basically hates everything. That might be being mean, but basically. His average is below well, yeah, mine. That's a, I always look, it's like, if your average is like two stars, I'm like, okay. Like, you don't like <laughs> movies, apparently. A dismal failure by Wes Craven. Wow. Swamp Thing is a boring and lame experience. The whole thing is a tonal mismatch with childish plotting. So dumb, no reasonable, intelligent adult could take it seriously. And yet there's also gratuitous nude scenes and the occasional bloody visual. There's also a recurring annoyance in characters just conveniently showing up whenever the plot requires them. Logic be damned. On some level, Swamp Thing seems to be a pastiche of 50s monster movies, but this kind of pointless tribute always irritates me when the flaws of genre trappings are kept intact. Case in point, two men in unconvincing rubber monster costumes hitting each other would have been a shit finale in a 50s B-movie. It's downright insulting for an 80s sci-fi horror flick. There's a few positives, particularly in the strong visual sensibility and occasionally well-executed action scenes, but they provide little redemption. The true standout moments, the, uh, though, are the various transformation sequences, even if the monster costumes are cheap and crappy looking. Ultimately, Swamp Thing is a very disappointing film, and one that just bored me senseless with its inane plotting, insulting writing, and lackluster style a mess 18 people like that i you know it's all i can focus on with that review is that he used the word lame okay why why is that that uh, because i think it's been co-opted into like sounding dumb you know Mm. but do you think because he's trying to sound so intelligent he actually means like handicapped or disabled it's weird because he tries so hard to use intelligible words later and then he uses like shit or what was the last one um like he Mess. adds in a little bit of cheap slang. So, mm-hmm. you know, did he have his thesaurus out? Uh, there's something about... Maybe. It's just a pretentious review. I mean, you can do thesaurus.com. You don't even have to have a book anymore, Dave. Yeah, it's true. So. I just, yeah, pretentious. I will tell you this right now. I'm basically between those two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm not as uh, over... Like, I would not give this... Three stars. Three, three out of four stars. That's a 75%. So that's whatever that's pretty fucking high. That's almost four Roger. stars that you're giving this, this film at that point. Yikes. Regardless, we should answer the question that we sometimes ask this, uh, if, if I don't forget about it. Does this hold up? And is it still culturally relevant? Dave, what do you say? No, of course not on either. But I guess there's a soft yes if you really like B-movie VHS, you know, like culty shit yeah. like that. But I don't, so. I think, you know what the big thing I was thinking about in this movie? We sometimes come to this. I think there would have been a very big difference had I paid 
you know, $15, yeah. right, to go and see this movie in a theater versus me watching it at home. Because watching it at home, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, this is a dopey little movie, but I can enjoy it for what it is. I do think I would have been more upset if I, like, I paid $15 to well, go and see this movie. I think there is a difference thing yeah. there. The context being, if you paid $15 as a feature film without knowing what it's meant to be, absolutely. Right. If you Rocky Horror Pictures showed this sure. and you paid yeah, 15 yeah. bucks to go see it with fans, you'd probably love it because there'd be people encouraging the screen mm-hmm. at the appropriate time, you know, and laughing at it with you. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a stupid movie. I think I think ultimately, though, I agree with you. I'm, I'm a no and no, even though... I do like it. Like, I, yeah, I like yeah. there's, there's nothing so aggressively awful about this that, like I said, if someone turned this on, I'd be like, no, not Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think it does do a few things pretty interesting. And if you're a Wes Craven fan, I do think it's actually worthwhile going and checking it out just to see some of his early work before he like really takes off starting the uh, in this following movie and becomes kind of the Wes Craven we all know. But we do need to rate this film. Before we do, that is what Dave and I thought. What do you think? You can send any feedback to Kyle and Dave vs the machine at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram with the handle KDVSTM. We also release videos on our YouTube channel, so you can go and check those out about some of the films that we've already discussed. If you want to see the entire list of films that we've watched and the ratings we've given, you can go to our Letterboxd page. That's letterboxd.com. Slash KDVSTM. And if you want to support us monetarily so that we can continue doing this podcast and not usher in the next apocalypse, you can go to our Patreon page. There is a link in the show notes of this episode. You can support for as low as a dollar per month. Something that you can do for absolutely free is to leave a rating and review on whatever app you use for podcasts. So let's get to the rating of this movie. Dave, what are you going to give 1982's Swamp Thing? I am going to give it... I'm stuck between a two and a two and a half. I'm going to give it a two because I think you're going to go a little bit higher than me. Yeah, it's a struggle, man, because I didn't hate it, but it is dumb. So I don't know. Yeah, it's dumb, but I think it's fun dumb. Yeah, I don't know where to put my stake in it. Comparing it to last week's movie. Yes. A movie that I did not like, which I think is bad dumb. Yes. This is is fun dumb for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So uh, that means I am giving it a three. Okay. I, I do like it. I don't think it's amazing, but it's a solid little <laughs> B movie horror flick. That mm-hmm. is going to mean, though, it is going to average to 2.5. So let's uh, start going through this list here, Dave, because there's a bunch of f- films that uh, have that average rating. Is this better or worse than Annie? <laughs> What a combination. Oh, We're talking man. about this could be turned into a musical, so. Uh, oh, man. I did not like Annie that much. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your swamp thing and you're gonna fall out. Anyways. Do the two scenes we liked in Annie outweigh the general mediocrity of the B I don't film? Think, I, think, I think this is a better movie overall. All right. Okay, I'm but, okay with that. What's next? Pink Floyd, The Wall. Do we think this is better or worse than Pink Floyd, The Wall? I mean, I sat through this a little bit easier, but again, Pink Floyd's a tough one because they're trying. This is the part of this. We've, we've done this a few times. We've like, yeah. been in this situation and it's hard because I think that Pink Floyd, while beautiful visually, doesn't really work as a movie. That's no. my opinion. It's not a good movie. So like, if we compare these like two visually, well, yes, like Pink Floyd is much better. But as a movie that I want to sit down and watch... I'm going to pick Swamp Thing if yeah, I was given a choice between the these again. two. Uh, okay, let's go. What's next? Okay. Next one is going to be the the tipping point here. Do you think this is better or worse than Rocky Three? Worse. 
Yeah. I'm aligned with you. I would, again, just doing that AB, I would probably pick Rocky 3 to watch yeah. over this. And I didn't like Rocky 3 that much, but there's something compelling about Stallone punching people in the face regardless. So, <laughs> wow. How about I start punching you in the face? Well, entering our list then at the number new 19 position is Swamp Thing. Mm. So we should probably see what our next movie is next week. I'm going to push this button on the machine. It's not Firefox? Did we already talk about Firefox? Firefox was last week. Right, Dave. right. That's right. So, so next week we get to start getting some kids' movies by the looks of it. We're going to be talking about The Dark Crystal. Oh, cool. Remember when the kids' movies were terrifying? Dave? I was going to say, like weird Mupp- Muppets on acid. This will be great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to announce this right now because I'm going to get canceled for it probably. I'm actually not the hugest fan of The Dark Crystal. No, it I know sucks. you're not supposed to say that. Well, we'll that. see. Yeah. Um, cause there's a big love affair for that movie, but the biggest thing for me, and this is the same for Kermit. I don't like when I see Muppets feet, like, I'm like walking. <laughs> it always throws me off. It's like, no, I don't want to see Muppets well, walking. I don't know. Never ending story was fine. You know, that rock. The little monster. felt Muppets should not have legs that don't have any fine. gravity that are not really touching the floor. All right. All right. I mean, this, I, this is coming from the guy that turned on Swamp Thing and thought of Kermit. So yeah, <laughs> just weird. It's just a so weird. It's a good synergy. We will start by singing Rainbow Connection next week. <laughs> it's not easy being green. Actually, that's how it should have ended. Swamp Thing <laughs> singing, it's not easy being green. <laughs> yeah, like a like a Frank Sinatra cover of it's not easy being green over the closing credits. That's, that's what we a needed. miss. Yeah, that's a big miss actually. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I look forward to doing that. And uh, oh, do you hear those? Seems like creaks or like weird noises coming from farther into the cabin. How big is this cabin? Yeah, it's monstrous. Huge. Yeah, it's there's like, a lot of reverb. <laughs> it sounds like, sounds wet though. It still yeah, sounds like it's a like wet there's creek. an evil dead noise or something coming. Oh, but uh, yeah. anyways, well, is there Sam Raimi? Is there Sam Raimi this year? No, that was the year before, unfortunately. So we don't get the original Evil Dead. But mm. I don't know. You you did the maybe call some out, horror so. films are coming up. Dave. Well, of I don't course know. they are, because you organize. I don't know. The machine organizes the list. <laughs> It's fall, man. It's it's getting to the spooky, spooktacular season. We watch, oh, we watch horror films. So we're start with the Dark Crystal, and then probably end up watching the thing at some point. But is you know, our, is our cabin in the bayou? Well, there is a bayou close by here. I hear I hear the distant playing of the banjo. I'm incredibly turned on right now.